1: And you're here.
2: Thanks for choosing the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Your quest for podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained ends here. We invite you to enjoy all our shows we have on this network. And right now, let's start with Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren.
0: Wizard of Weird, this is Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren.
2: I am Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the program, a new magic word let me just tell you that uh this topic is so weird that i have been struggling for days trying to figure out whether or not i even wanted to do this show uh i think you'll see why it's it's a very complex subject but then i'm always reminded by that that quote by john f kennedy we choose to go to the moon. Not because it is easy, but because it is hard. So here we go. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do something that's hard. Abracadabra. Presto. Alakazam. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. Hocus pocus. Shazam. These are what you might consider magical words, magical sounds. And, you know, what's funny is that some of them may be what most people would consider nonsense. But other people would uh, have some kind of meaning attached to the word. For example, the word presto. You might hear a magician use that. You might hear a cook use that. Um, presto is just uh, an Italian word for fast or, you know, quick. Or, uh, l- let's say like, uh, Shazam. Well, that actually is a word that comes from uh, the fictional world of comics. There are, uh, characters that are related to the word Shazam in the comic world. As a matter of fact, um, I I really like the word Shazam. I mean, who doesn't? And I I thought this was kind of a cool thing I would share with you. Um, Apparently from what I have found, the word Shazam, as many say, was coined by a comic book writer named Bill Parker using the first letters of Solomon. Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. Okay. So, sometimes one of these words it, again it, they sound like ridiculous and crazy and and another at other times they they have some relevance to your own life experience. But that doesn't really matter because all that really counts is the way that these things make you actually feel, and uh in fact you know i I wasn't gonna do this, but uh I think this you know what I think this is a a good opportunity for this. I am holding in my in my hand right now the tail of a rattlesnake. I believe this is a diamond back rattler a uh, rattler. Yeah, you know, a diamondback rattlesnake from Texas. And it's got the rattle on it. And uh hopefully you've never heard this sound in person. But I can I'm gonna try to shake it right now in front of my microphone and let's see if you can hear this. Are you ready? This is a real rattlesnake rattle I have in my hand. And uh, I actually have two. Uh, I have another one from, I don't think this one's from Texas. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. This box has two rattlesnake rattles in it. Let's see how they sound. Here's the first one in the second box. And the second one in the second box. But these are harder to rattle because they're just actually the rattlers And the first one was the tail attached to the rattler and it's a much bigger snake So, okay, the reason I thought to to um, give you that sound is because this goes to show that like This is not a word that's that's a vibration but when you Hear that vibration. Uh, when when you experience that vibration, you know, uh, get away, get away. So, something is warning me. Something bad is happening here. And and I'm sure there are plenty of animals out there that uh, certainly do not speak English, that are very well aware of what that sound means. So the point is, uh, there are sounds. Uh, that are the product of vibrations that you're able to understand without having to sort of intellectualize it and and reduce it into some kind of a clear language i bet you that almost everybody in the entire world no matter where that person is from what language that person speaks would hear that sound and be like oh uh i think we need to go in the other direction right now that, that That's, to me, just a very uh, basic example of the power of sounds that don't necessarily represent accepted words in a particular language. This is sort of what magical words are about, um, in, in my opinion. So, they, they mean different things to different people and in different cultures and different kinds of animals. But um there's there's something about the way something sounds that represents a certain vibration that you can kind of intuitively mm, appreciate i I'm trying to set the stage here for where we're going because I have what I believe may be a an experiment here that we can all do together. I am going in this podcast to give you. A new magical word. And we as an audience are going to start using this word to see if, uh, it does anything in our lives. All right. Before I get to that though, let's, you know, let's, uh, cover our bases here. So if you, if you go to the almighty Wikipedia and you look up magic word, it says magic words are often nonsense phrases. Used in fantasy fiction or by stage magicians. Frequently, such words are presented as part of being, a, a divine, uh, academic, uh, a divine Adamic. Oh boy. Now I gotta look up. What is Adamic? I thought it said academic. I, okay. Well, that's, uh, it says, a language spoke, uh, spoken by Adam in the Garden of Eden. Hmm. Maybe I'll... <laughs> I might have to do a whole other show on that. Anyway, uh or other secret or empowered language. Certain comic book heroes use magic words to activate their powers. Magic words are also used as Easter eggs or cheats in computer games. All right. And right off the bat, when it comes to magic words, I guess like the granddaddy here is abracadabra and i you know i think i should point out before i continue uh, i believe you can also see the relationship between um these magic words and the the idea of like cymatics which i have turned into parasymatics the idea that when there's an actual vibration that uh that vibration is connected to a sound. So if you have, you know, there may be a vibration that we hear as a sound, and then you can express that physically through particles of sand or a body of water, and you can see form evolve from that. And then there's this whole thing that I talked about in episode 70 of this podcast uh, called onomatopoeia. And that is this whole concept, this universal concept that we have certain words that represent, um, things that we all understand. Like a cat goes meow, pig goes oink, a bird goes chirp, or something explodes and it goes boom, or, you know, something falls and it goes splat. Uh, that's called onomatopoeia. When we, we try to, Um, Take the the vibration that something creates that we perceive as a sound and then turn it into a word to express it. It's a lot like what happens in comic books when (laughs) or, you know, the old Batman show where you boom, pow, (sighs) clang. This is leading somewhere, I promise you. But uh, first off, uh, we're up on a break here. I want to let you know that, you know, I'm always telling people to go to my uh, website, joshuapwarren.com, and sign up for my free e newsletter. But the internet, the, the cyber world is an ever changing landscape. And some people contact me and they say, you know what? I am not getting your uh, e newsletter. And we're always working on that. Because different uh, servers are changing the rules on things, especially a lot of people who have a Yahoo account say it's not showing up and it's not just going to spam, it's not showing up. So if you want to subscribe to my free e-newsletter at joshuapwarren.com, I recommend if you have more than one email address, just go in there and subscribe. With the other email address, because you should be getting something from me at least once a week. And if you're not, then maybe your email server is blocking you. So go to JoshuaPWarren.com. On the homepage there, you can uh, put your email address into the newsletter bank. Hit the submit button. You'll get some freebies. And that way... Whether you have one or two emails registered, you'll know that you are getting my messages. I am Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back.
4: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com/strangethings today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel strange strangethings
2: back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. Abracadabra. Abracadabra. What what does that mean? Well, you know, I I remember when I was a kid, I was reading magic books and they made a big deal out of Abracadabra. It is a magical word historically used as an incantation on amulets. And uh, when it comes to the etymology, that is, you know, the, the word origin, it says that Abracadabra is of unknown origin. But according to the Oxford English Dictionary, its first known occurrence is in the 2nd century uh, works of Serenus Samonicus. Okay? Serenus Samonicus. You you know Serenus Samonicus, right? Who doesn't? Well, I didn't. So, here is who uh he, he was. Uh died in the year 212. Um he was a Roman savant and tutor. And, uh, you know, he, he just, he, he was, uh, a, a, a very popular smart guy back in the day. And it says here that the, uh, first known mention of the word abracadabra was in this book that he wrote. And, uh, he was functioning at that time as a physician to the roman emperor caracalla and he said in chapter 52 that malaria sufferers should wear an amulet containing this word abracadabra in the form of a triangle and that when you do this it makes lethal diseases go away so here is what that means so Try to imagine this, or you can look it up. Uh, the word abracadabra is spelled A-B-R-A-C-A-D-A-B-R-A. So imagine you see that word written in front of you. And then on the line below it, you see it written again, except this time it's missing the last letter. And then the line below it is missing the last letter from the line above it. And this keeps going on until finally, you know, you end up with like A, B, R, A, and then A, B, R, and then A, B, and then A. So at the top, you have the word abracadabra, and then it keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter until finally it ends with the word A, and so it looks like a triangle that's pointing downward. And so apparently nobody knows the origin of that actual word to begin with, but the idea is that if you take this, um, the well, you if you take these letters and you fashion them in this manner and you wear it on an amulet, it's going to cure you uh, of things. And there are all these, uh, you know, references um, talking about like uh, supposedly Daniel Defoe wrote about. It uh, warding off sickness during the Great Plague of London. The religion of Thelema has has uh, a similar belief in this. Um, and that's, you know, Alistair Crowley stuff. And uh, it was used as a magical formula by the Gnostics in certain cases. So, look, I don't know. I've never done that. Uh, I've never actually going. I've never taken like the word abracadabra. And whittled it down like they're describing. And and if you can't imagine what I'm talking about right now, just like listening to this, just go to Wikipedia and look up abracadabra, and you'll see a picture of it. And but you know what? I'm going to try it. Uh, I am going to try wearing this. I bet you you can just jump online. I haven't done this, uh, and I bet you can just find like uh, some pin pendant somewhere that's that's made uh, with the abracadabra thing. But When it it comes to this whole topic of like magical words, again, like the idea is there is something about transmitting vibrations and vibrations are the root of all, uh, well, reality, but especially physical reality. And it reminds me a lot of the conversation that I had with uh, Dell Allen Hoffman not too long ago on this show, where we were talking about, um, you know, toning. And I've told you before that, you know, people talk about, like, uh, a, a magical book of spells being called a grimoire. And that word comes from the word grammar. So it's all about language being used. So, you know, when you have, like... Bibbidi bobbidi boo and Alakazam and all this kind of stuff. You wonder, you know, what is it doing to the mind? In some cases, it's, it's freeing the mind. It's distracting the mind from the critical self. So it, it's, it's taking you away from your logical thinking to open up the creative side. And I, I have looked at different letters. I, in the whole English alphabet, and I have looked at them uh, as they appear and then, you know, phonetically and uh, some words are composed with. Well, let me put it this way. I guess I should say some letters have a certain energy attached to them that is magical, but it can be kind of good or bad. For example, my friend Darren Evans, he always talks about the letter Z. And how that in many cases throughout history, the letter Z has been associated with something evil. And he said, he told me that um, a lot of ancient people said that when somebody died, you would look at the face of the corpse and the lips would draw back into this grimace as if it were pronouncing the letters or, you know, the sound Z. Like when you say Z, do it right now. Like whatever you're doing, I don't care what you're doing. Do it right now out loud. Go Z. You see how your, your mouth uh, forms when you go Z. It looks like apparently the grimace of a corpse. And so you have a lot of like uh evil and deathly and morbid things associated with that like Pazuzu the the demon Pazuzu in the exorcist or um yeah, of course he talks about this uh this demon named Zozo um but Z is a weird word but it's not always a you know not always a, an evil word but people have been afraid of it and they've taken it that way as a matter of fact uh Darren named uh, one of his sons, Zach, and w- look at the word. I think one of the most powerful words you could do at the end of uh, of some kind of a spell. Like if you just you know, and and I, I you shouldn't do this because there's too much baggage attached to it. But if there were no baggage, it feels very satisfying to say Shazam. You know, it's got that Z right in the middle. Shazam. If if, if that were not associated with a comic book. or a a cartoon, or a movie, or whatever, I mean, you would be like, ah, that sounds like an awesome magic word, Shazam! And, you know, H.P. Lovecraft, he was always trying to come up with words that he thought matched sort of uncomfortable uh, vibes that could be associated with uh, aliens and interdimensional beings like Cthulhu. He liked to take... Like, he knew that from in our culture, you could take, um like, two or three consonants and put them together, and that would throw us off. So, like, Cthulhu, I believe, is spelled, like, C-T-H. It starts with, like, C-T-H. We're not used to that. Usually, we have... Uh, a consonant and a vowel or a vowel and a consonant to, to start most words. So if you have CTH that you're like, Oh, this sounds to- like a total, something from a different world, right? Cthulhu, you know, it sounds alien. So here, here's, here's what I did. Okay. Um, I took all this information, all this stuff I've been thinking about. And I said, you know what? Let me see if I can come up with a new magical word. And at first I thought, well, maybe it should be simple, and then I thought, well, maybe it should, should be complex. <laughs> and then I thought, well, uh it, it it somehow it should be easy to remember. There should be some kind of, I don't know, alliteration there. Pa, 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 pa. Um and I sat around and I studied and I just I couldn't quite come up with, with anything that sounded magical. And so I put the request out there to the, to the universe. I, I asked the spirits, I said, give me some inspiration here. Have an angel whisper a new magical word in my ear. And about an hour ago, I got this word and I don't I think it's a great word, but I think it's a starting point. This word may suck, okay? but I figure we're going to do an an experiment here, a mass experiment, and we're going to try it out. When we come back, I'm going to give you this new magical word, and we are going to start using it, and then we are going to see what does or does not happen. And from there, we will start refining this process until we work together to come up with the new Mac Daddy Magical Word. This is one of the fun things about having a podcast that people listen to all over the world. You can do crazy experiments like this. I'll tell you the word when we come back. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be back after these important messages. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. I kind of uh, broke some of my own rules here with this because I was thinking like it should be simple and I should not have a connection to it. It It should almost be like nonsense but then i kind of realized that ah this is this is a harder mission than than you'd think just like come up with a magical word that doesn't have a connection to to you know anything that you know it's it's almost impossible because you associate everything already You know, human beings have been around for a a long time and it's hard to be like, I have just manifested something brand new and original. So here's, here's the plan. Okay. So I am, I'm going to tell you this magical word and how we're going to experiment with it. All of us. But, um, I, I was going to do something simple like Shazam, but it turns out We're going to start with a very complicated word, a word that has seven syllables. (laughs) And I bet if I ask you right now to tell me a word with seven syllables, you'd have to think about that for a while. But We're going to start here and we're going to see what happens. And then uh, eventually all of you will experiment and I'll get that feedback and we'll keep going and keep going. And one day we're going to come up with a new, super powerful, magical word. And hopefully it'll only be like two syllables. But OK, are you ready? Here we go. You might want to take out a piece of paper and write this down. Uh, th- this is going to scare the heck out of you as soon as you hear it. But then I'm going to spell it. Uh or uh, you know, I said a piece of paper, but uh, uh, if you're able to take notes on your phone, fine okay here here we are, I'm just gonna say it. Ajiatatozume. Zume. Now, here is how that is spelled A g. I-A-T-A-T-O-Z-O-O-M-A-Y. So the idea is you finish doing uh, your manifestation work and then you go, or let's say that uh, you're at a fancy restaurant And the, the chef or the bartender comes over and puts the finishing touch on the magnificent cocktail or dish. And you go, Ajia, Ajia (laughs) Tatezume. Now you see some of you are just going to be like, okay, I can't do this. I'm out. I'm out. That's okay. We're starting with the people who can participate at this level. Okay. Ajia Tatezume. Now, let me explain to you how that inspiration came to me uh, earlier before I, you know, I was outside under the bright moon. And, um, this is still what I'm about to tell you is still too literal for me, but I'm, I'm taking baby steps because this is hard. Uh, okay. So. I I started playing the piano when I was a very young man, and one of my favorite pieces was the Moonlight Sonata. And the most challenging, and everybody knows the do 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 like the beginning where it's all slow, and but there's this section in the middle called the Presto agitato, the Presto agitato, where it's super fast and so difficult, like I can't even imagine being able to play that. And so the first part of this is agiatato. This word is, it's, it's not agatato or agitato. It's agiatato. I've, I've mixed it up a little bit. Agiatato. Agiatato, which means agitation. Because when you're manifesting something, you're not happy with how things are. You're trying to, Agitate them. You're trying to mix them up. Agitato and then zoom, meaning like I'm shooting this thing out there. And then A is just like that one final punch. Agitato zoom. Agitato zoom. And there is a lot of Italian inflection, but that's okay. Who cares? What you can't come up with the word that will not be interpreted a certain way. And let let me just tell you, Beethoven, I believe, was a true wizard. You know, he was born in 1770. He died in 1827 when he was 56 years old. Born in Bonn, died in Vienna. If you don't know much about him, uh, it doesn't hurt to watch the movie immortal beloved that will give you, I mean, it's a very romanticized version of his life, but it's a great movie. And he was a man who was tortured and yet he has become well, immortal through his, his talent to manipulate tones and vibrations. He, he was a man who was a great composer who became deaf yet achieved the impossible, creating powerful, world-famous music even after he was deaf. It's been almost 200 years since he died. He was 56 when he died, as I said. Around the age of 28, he started having uh, difficulty hearing, and he was stone deaf by age 44 or 45. And you've probably heard the uh, Ode to Joy uh, from Symphony Number no. 9 that he composed just a few years before he died. And, y- you know, it is said that uh, he had some kind of an abdominal ailment. Nobody's sh- sure what happened to him, uh, but he was suffering a lot before he died. And according to one of the witnesses there, they say, he died about 5 p.m. and there was a flash of lightning and a clap of thunder And then quote, Beethoven opened his eyes, lifted his right hand and looked up for several seconds with his fist clenched. And then not another breath, not a heartbeat more, end quote. And then all these people came in and started like cutting the locks of his hair off and all this. (laughs) So anyway, um, This guy was deaf, but he was still so in touch with music that he created the symphony number nine, which included the ode to joy, which is one of the greatest masterpieces of music in all of known human history. And that shows you how in touch he was with this relationship between vibrations and music and just, you know, sounds and the whole thing we're talking about here. So again, this is a little bit too literal. I'm still trying to separate myself from from the literal part of this, but I really can't at this point. And so, therefore, there you go. Um, I, I, I there's a there's a bit of that in this word, Agiatatozume. Try it out. Uh, anytime you need a little oomph, a little extra help, a little luck, a little something over the next, for, over the foreseeable future, just say it out loud. Agia tatazume. Agia And let me know what happens. Anytime you need something to boost what's going on in your life. Agia Tatazume. We're going to start there with the experiment, and we're going to take it from there, and we're going to see what happens. Now, I'm sorry if that is disappointing to you, because it's not, you know, like a super easy word, but I think you understand the point of the experiment. And now for something completely different. (laughs) I've had a really interesting evening, and that is because earlier today, earlier this evening, uh, here in Las Vegas, I, uh, I told Lauren before we went out to dinner that I wanted to go to this relatively new shop. I think they've been around about a year called Cemetery Pulp, and it's an oddities shop in Las Vegas. And they have like all the typical weird oddity stuff that oddity stores have, you know, things in jars and skulls and taxidermy and just, you know, morbid and all all that, all that stuff. I love, but they also combine it with like a comic book shop. So it's kind of like uh, a freaks and geeks heaven there. And so we went over there tonight. And uh, we were walking around, and I was—I mean, I have so much stuff. It's just like I don't need to buy anything else. I mean, it takes a lot to impress me. But they had this section with uh, basically mystery boxes, and uh, they call them "Box of Weirdness." So it's a—it's—it's it's a box. They had one for twenty dollars, and then one for seventy dollars. And I'd never been there before, so I said. Okay, I'll, I'll take one of these $20 mystery boxes, box of weirdness. And then I thought to myself, why don't I open this while I'm doing my podcast? And I have no idea what's going to be in here, if it's going to be like really cheesy or if it's going to be amazing. What are you going to get out of a $20 mystery box at an oddity shop in Las Vegas? Well, when we come back, you're going to hear live, so to speak, As I open this thing and tell you what is inside. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Ghost to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren. How many of you are gonna master that one for the experiment? Well, we'll see. <laughs> So yes, I was at Cemetery Pulp and I do not know the folks who own this place. They don't know me. I was just a stranger that walked in there with Lauren. I'm not being paid. Uh there's like no relationship there whatsoever. And but I will tell you that the shop was really cool. Everybody was super nice. Uh, the only thing that I honestly didn't really care for was that um they have a gigantic albino boa constrictor that um i guess one of the owners like took out of the case and was sort of sharing it around the shop with people and a beautiful a magnificent amazing creature but i i'm just not a big fan of snakes and uh, at one point i was uh just like looking into a display case and then i turn around and there's this huge snake next to me and uh I, I maybe, I guess I'm just a pansy, uh, but I just don't care for <laughs> having a, a, boa constrictor like that, just kind of floating around the shop. And then there was a second boa constrictor in the back of the shop, but that one was in a case. And this is all despite the fact that I shook a rattlesnake rattler for you at the beginning of this podcast. But <laughs> so anyway, look, um, I'm telling you that because you're going to get an honest review of what's in this box. I have a a ruler here. I measured it. It's a glossy black gift box, and it is six inches tall and, okay, about four inches wide. It's a really nice-looking box, and uh, it's got a top that slips right off, and there's kind of like a broad black ribbon around it that has... Um, gold trim and these gold skull faces all over it. So I'm just going to, I think I can just slip this off. Yep, I didn't even have to untie it. And it says on the top Box O Weirdness. Uh, really cool looking sticker. So, okay. I know my time here is limited in the show. I'm opening it now. I've never done this before. The first thing I see is black tissue paper. So I'm going to Okay. So I'm getting this whiff of like, I don't know, kind of like a patchouli kind of, kind of smell. And the very first thing that I see. Okay. So I'm looking in here right now and there's actually a bunch of stuff in this $20 box. Uh, the first thing I see is a big bone. So I'm going to take this out and this, uh, okay. So this bone. Oh, where'd my ruler go? This looks like a jawbone of some kind. It's about seven inches long, and it's got a bunch of spaces for teeth. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, 14. like fifteen. I don't know. I have no idea. It's uh, it's bleached, and I get kind of a fishy vibe off of it. Like this might be part of a fish jaw. It's got some little like pores in it already this is this is looking really cool. I mean like for 20 bucks, yeah, this is awesome. I I have no idea what this is, but I have a jaw of some kind of creature here and this is cool enough that I will display this. Okay, next thing in the mystery box of weirdness from Cemetery Pulp. Let's see. Uh oh, okay. This is huh, I've never seen this before. A it's a pencil, but it's called a plantable pencil. So this is like a very, very thin pencil, and uh, it's got the little green recycle emblem on it. And on one end, I can see the lead because it has not been sharpened. On the other end, there's like a little plastic bubble with. So I guess it, it looks. Like, it says sesame. So I guess there's sesame seeds in here. Hm. That's pretty cool. So I guess what you would do is use this pencil all the way down to until you get to the sesame seeds and then you just throw it out in the uh, in the yard and maybe you'll grow some some more sesame seeds. All right, that's cool. All right. Well, uh, what's next? Uh we have here Oh, here is a pin. Oh, this is cool. It's like, you know, it's a metal pin. Like it's in a black in a, a plastic bag, so I'm not sure it's metal and I don't have time to open it here. It might be, I think it's metal. Yeah. I, I'm it, it looks like a metal pin and it's a black cat with a white skull on top of it. All right, cool. All right. Next we have Oh. Here is a bracelet in a little baggie. And this bracelet looks like um I don't know if it is hematite, but it kind of looks like that. It's like a bunch of little uh, s- dark silver beads, and like I say, I don't I don't know exactly what it's made out of, but it's 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 got some weight to it. So that's really nice. I think Lauren might like that. All right, cool a little bracelet there. Uh, next we have a little box inside. What is this? Okay, so this is a box that is, um, kind of like a, a box of matches. And there is a picture of a man on the front, and it says, K in Satyam Seti, And, uh, there, there is some writing on here I don't recognize. Uh, Okay. I think this is incense. Let's see. I gotta cut it open here. Got a, got a knife here. Ah, come on. Yeah, I, it definitely smells like incense. Um, and I think it's gonna be. Oh, God. See, this is you know, people usually do these kinds of things like on YouTube or whatever, but I'm the idiot who's going on uh, on a, on a podcast. Yep. Uh this is a little box that has those kind of little cone shaped uh incense things. So I guess that that's what I was smelling when I said I smelled something that was similar to patchouli. I'm not a big fan of that smell, by the way. Uh, okay, next we have here a sucker. Oh, man. Okay, so this sucker, uh, this is a sucker that has like a, it's a chocolate sucker on a stick. And <laughs> the the chocolate is shaped like, um, um hmm, how, do, how do I phrase this? It's, it's, well, I couldn't put it on TV and, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of, let me put it this way. It looks like a man's best friend Uh, that, that sounded stupid also. All right. Um, what do we have next? There's like three more things in here. The next thing we have is a stone of some kind. All right. Let me look at this under my light and this Hmm. I don't know exactly what this stone is, uh, off the top of my head. It kind of looks like a piece of flint or something like that, but it, it is striated. It has, uh, um, it's, it has actually kind of a pinkish color. And then there is sort of a gray stripe that runs around the middle of it. So I'm just not sure off the top of my head what that is, but imagine like a little chunk of flint that looks like that. Okay, and next thing is a really cool die. You know, you always hear of dice. Well, if you only have one, that's a die. So we have a die here, which is, you know, what people would use for role-playing games. And let's see how many sides does it have. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, so it's got ten faces on it. That's going to be really helpful for me because I'm always doing, you know, like experiments and stuff with, uh, gambling. And the last thing I thought I knew what this was, yep, uh, oh boy. Uh, the last thing I have here is, oh, it's about uh, four inches long. This is a bone, and this is, it's a very skinny, arced bone, and it's the kind of bone that, uh, Certain male animals have um, in 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 their most precious places. I guess I think you know what I'm talking about. I I know some people use them as toothpicks. Well, that was pretty cool for twenty bucks. I'm impressed. All right, there you go, mystery box. The clock has got us here. It is the good fortune, Tom.